Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. It's up here on the screen if you don't have it in your word. Just a little bit more. Give me just a little bit more, please. The scripture says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us. So if you didn't get enough of the choir, I'm going to preach to you now, just in case you missed it. I'm going to preach on that subject, he's able. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. God, this is your church. These are your people. We are your sheep. I am your vessel. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. I pray that we will leave here better, stronger, wiser, greater than what we walked in here. Let your power fall upon every individual in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to receive the word, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I have been doing a noonday Bible class every Wednesday, and I have been teaching on the life of the Apostle Paul. And it has been very intriguing for us to learn about the Apostle Paul, because as we know that Paul, who is also known as Saul, Saul that was on his way to the road and of Damascus. And we understand that it is in that moment when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ changed his life. He had a moment with the Lord and oftentimes that is all it takes is just one moment with Jesus. That's why we should never stop praying for our loved ones. We should never stop believing for ourselves because all it takes is one moment. One moment with Jesus can absolutely change and alter your life. Saul had that one moment with Jesus and we know that Saul just as radical as he was fighting against the children and the people of God he was just as radical for Jesus Christ. That's why oftentimes I challenge people when you come into the church, that's not the time to get a Pentecostal lockjaw. That's not the time when you was out there in the world just a dancing and partying and talking and just yapping and just stayed in things. And then when you come into the house of God, all of a sudden you can't move, can't talk, can't do anything. When you did all those things out in the world, I believe the things that we did in the world, we should do them even that much more when it comes to Jesus Christ because he's the one that has set me free from the world. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would still be doing the exact same things that I used to do. But I'm thankful that the Lord has brought me out. I'm thankful that the Lord has changed my mind and altered my heart. I'm very grateful for that. And so we know here that Saul, known as the Apostle Paul, his life has changed and he wrote and started many churches. One of those churches was in Ephesus and he wrote a letter to the Ephesians that's what we call Ephesians here he wrote a letter to the Ephesus church known as Ephesians and Paul 
is the writer here. He is the one that is saying that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think. If you turn with me in your Bibles and look, and if we stay in the book of Ephesians just for a moment here in chapter number three, I would like to give a little bit of background and uh, how we can build up to the verse number 20 here in chapter number three. Let's look at verse number three. The Bible says how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words I have already wrote this unto you before he says whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ it is important for you and I to have revelation notice he opens up and says how that by revelation when you are reading scripture you must ask for revelation there are many people that read the scriptures the bible what we call it and they just read it as a novel the bible is just not another novel it's just not another book that you pick up at the library to see how good it is you need to understand the goodness of the scriptures and of the lord that he's trying to reveal to you so that we can become more like him so we cannot treat the Bible as just another book. There are many people that say, I have read the Bible. You can read the Bible, but not have revelation of the Bible. You must be careful the people that you put up on pinnacles or hierarchies when you say, man, they know their scripture. Do they know their scripture or can they quote their scripture? Because there's a difference. There's a difference between somebody being able to quote something or say a few things and understanding it. Because I believe that when you understand it, when you have revelation, now you can not only explain it to someone else, but you should also be able to live it because you're held accountable to it. Does that make sense? And so here is Paul is saying how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. It was revealed unto me and he says in verse number four whereby when you read that you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now what is it revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets but how is it revealed by the spirit and so that's why on last week i was preaching with such fervency if you will about the importance of the anointing because it is important for your man of God and people of God to be anointed and to be led by the spirit because if they're not led by the spirit they will put their own interpretation on the scripture and we do not need preachers that give you their opinion about what they think God is saying heaven is real and hell is real I'm not going to put my trust in a man of God that's saying well this is what I think is saying no my friend give me revelation what is God saying to me because I want to make heaven and I don't got time to be sitting in a church listening to a preacher that's telling you what they think God is saying. I need to know what God is saying. Because I want real expectation. And I'm tired of just playing around. I'm tired of lollygagging around. We got too many folks riding the fence saying they're in or they're out. They're in or they're out. We've got to, I'm looking for children of God that's got a made up mind. 
I'm looking for people of God that's got a made up mind. And, and so he says it was by the spirit. Now, how can Saul say it was by the spirit? I didn't give you this scripture. It just came to me. Can you go to Acts uh, chapter number nine? All right. Acts chapter number nine. If you want to follow me in your Bible, you can. It's verse number Give me 17, 9, 17, I believe. It may be 16, or, but let's try 17. Yes, this is it right here. 9, 17. How can Saul say it was by the Spirit? Because in order for you to speak by the Spirit, you must have the Spirit. Now, some of you may not believe that, but I'm telling you, in order for you to speak by the Spirit, you must have the Spirit. And many people say that the Apostle Paul was not filled with the Holy Ghost. That's a lie. That is false doctrine. They say he was not filled with the Spirit. That is a lie. That is false doctrine. It proves it right here. Acts chapter number 9, verse number 17. You can read the whole chapter later. But it says here, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest have sent me. Why? That thou mayest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, now you have the Spirit in you. You can be led by the Spirit, teach by the Spirit, and have revelation by the Spirit. Hallelujah. It's very plain. And so now we can understand. Go back to Ephesians, please. Okay, let's go to chapter number three. Uh, let's go to verse number seven. Now, it says here, whereof I was made a minister. How, Saul? According to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. He says in verse number eight, I love this, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now notice that Paul said he is less than the least. We just sung just a few minutes ago, just saying here, don't give up on God because he won't give up on you if anyone has that testimony it would be the apostle paul it was him that slain people and held the garments of those that killed stephen it was him that put men and women young and old in prison just for preaching the gospel of jesus christ it was him that was totally against anyone that even mentioned the name of jesus but yet jesus said i'm not giving up on you you better not give up on me somebody needs to receive that right there because no matter where you are in your walk in your life no matter what you're dealing with no matter what you're going through even right now you better not give up on God because he will not give up on you a prime example that he won't give up you're here right here right now That's a prime example. You wouldn't be here today if God gave up on you because you wouldn't have the mind even to get up this morning, put your clothes on and come to the house of God. So how dare you feed into the lie that the devil's trying to tell you it's all over. I have no hope. I'm only here because somebody told me to be here. No, you're here because God brought you here. Amen. 
So now we can build up. Now we can better understand Ephesians 3.20. Now when you read Ephesians 3.20, you can have better understanding of it. It says, now unto him that is able. You see now where Paul's coming from? Paul remember who he was. Paul remember what he used to do. Paul remember who he used to kill. Paul remember the ways he used to think. But now he's a changed person. Now he's a changed individual. And Paul is saying, if he can do it for me, he can show do it for you. I was killing Christians, putting them in prison. So don't come to me talking about God can't stop you from lying. Don't come to me telling me God can't stop you from cussing. Don't come to me telling me God can't stop you from drinking. Don't come to me tell God can't get you out that pool hall, out that gang, out that affiliation, out your things, out that bed of that woman you know you shouldn't be in, at the bed of that man you know you shouldn't be. He can get you out of fornication. He can get you out of adultery. He can get you out of that lifestyle. If he can do it for Paul, he can do it for you. Now unto him that is able. I feel like preaching. Uh, uh-uh. I told myself I'm going to stay calm. Do y'all think I can do it? <laughs> I did. I told myself this morning. I said, I'm going to stay calm. Now unto him. Thank you for your faith, by the way. <laughs> Everybody said no. Yeah. Mm, no. <laughs> that is able. Paul said to do exceeding. Abundantly. Can, can, this isn't in my notes. Can I break this down? Okay, li- li- listen, listen. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding. Anytime you put an ing on the end of a word, what does it mean? Continual. I can just stop right there. (laughs) Anytime you put an I-N-G on the end of a word, it means continual. He says, I will do exceeding abundantly. So not just I'll do abundantly. No, I will continue to do abundantly. I will continue to go above and beyond. I will continue to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask. So it's not just a one-time occurrence. As long as you keep on asking, he says, I'll exceed it. As long as you keep on thinking, he says, I'll exceed it. Continually. Now that's powerful. That's powerful. According to the power that works in us. It's in us. He wants to do it, but it's in us. You know, when you look at the 23rd Psalm, It is David that is describing the Lord as his shepherd. King David is writing from his own experiences, from his early years caring for sheep. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David here is saying, I do not desire any other leading than the leading of the Lord. Verse number three has always stood out to me, though. Verse number three says, he restoreth my soul. I love this because my good friend and brother David Stevenson, I believe we have a picture here. He enjoys uh, restoring vehicles. And and this is one of my favorite ones uh, that he has. I'm uh, waiting on him to let me drive it. 
Okay, I didn't hear him say amen back there. Okay, he gave me a thumbs up. Okay, all right. Praise God. I can shout right now. And so this is one of my, my favorite ones that, that he has. I, I just absolutely love it. But he, 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 he restores cars. Him, him and his son, uh, they have worked for many, many years, and they take older vehicles, early 1900s. And, I mean, I can just show you picture after picture, but this is just one of my favorite ones. And, I mean, they look like new. They are absolutely wonderful. To a T, he, he restores these vehicles. And not only do they look nice, but just about all of them are drivable, if not all of them. They, they, they look great. Uh, if you've never seen it before, I, I, w- I would encourage you to do so if, if he so allows. But at our church picnics, if you come to our next church picnic, oftentimes at our church picnics, he will bring one of his cars to the church picnic. Amen. And then you can get in the car. You can't drive the car now, okay? Unless it's me. Praise God. Uh, He'll let you get in the car, and he'll take you on a little ride around, ride around. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. I mean, these cars are gorgeous. He has someone say, restore them. David says he restores my soul. When you think of the definition, there are multiple definitions. I'm going to give them one by one. The first definition of restoration that I came across was the act of returning something to its formal condition. David said he restores my soul. The act of restoring something or returning something to its formal condition. Many of you here today need to know that God is able to put you back where you used to be. There are many people because of the mistakes that you have made in life, you don't think God can put you back in him where you once were. You used to say, I used to pray, now I don't pray like I used to. I used to have a relationship. I don't have the same relationship. I'm just trying to get back to where I was. And you allow the enemy to tell you, you cannot get back to that. No, God is a restorer. You are surrounded by witnesses that can tell you I don't belong where I am right now. But because of the restoration of God, because I know that he's able, he took a liar and made a preacher. Hallelujah. He took someone that doesn't belong where he is, but he put him exactly where God wants him to be. Why? Because he's a restorer. He can do that in marriages. He can restore marriages. He can do that in your mind. He can restore minds. He can do it in your heart. He can restore hearts. I'm telling you, there's nothing too hard for God. The Bible says in Romans 4.21, and being fully persuaded what he had promised. Has anybody received a promise? He was able also to perform. We know the story of the Hebrew boys. They were faced with death. They were faced with the opposition of bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar's 
image and our world is in that state right now we have people that are in this place and all across the world that are bowing down to the world that they are bowing when the music begins to play in that day we are bowing to the things and the culture of this world I'm telling you we need families and homes and people that refuse to bow to the culture of this world we need parents we need parents I'm gonna say that again we need parents that refuse Refuse to bow to the culture of this world. Stop allowing your children to choose whatever they want to do. Stop allowing your kids to say, I don't want to go to church today. The devil is a liar. As long as you live in my house, we're not going to bow to the culture, but we're going to come to the house of God. I'm not asking you if you like it or not. I'm telling you, I'm going to put you where I know you need to be. It's up to you to accept it. But I'm not going to allow the culture where kids can tell parents what they want to do. I'm not going to let the culture where kids can tell parents that I, I, I choose to be a boy today. I choose to be a girl today. The devil is a liar. We're not bowing down to the culture, but we're going to stand firm on the word of God. bowing to that culture so see people read Daniel and they say man how can those people do that how can they bow down to an image people are doing it all the time it's the same thing happening today you just don't see a, a 90 foot tall a statue in the middle of the highway. It's no different because it's, now it's coming through your radios. Now it's coming through your TV. Now, now you're letting it in your house through magazines, through articles, and, and on your cell phone, and on your iPads. It's, it's the same thing. And you're bowing to it all the time. Because you're choosing that over the kingdom. Oh, uh-uh. But look what the Hebrew boys said. <laughs> I love these. They, they have to be a part of my family. I have to come from this lineage. The Bible says in Daniel 3, verse number 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able he's able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand O king the scripture says in hebrews chapter 2 verse number 18 for in that he himself have suffered being tempted he is able to secure or in other words he's able to come to your aid he's able to help you help them that are tempted God was not going to put no more temptation on you than what you're able to bear he will make a way of escape the word restoration also means making something new again making something new again the scripture says in Ezekiel 36 verse number 26 it says a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you the word restoration can also mean this make things better than their current state <laughs> to make things better than their current state look at what the bible says with this now second corinthians chapter 5 verse number 17 the scripture says therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature old 
things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You don't have to stay the exact same way that you are. You know there are many people in our day today that refuse to repent of their sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins because they are afraid of their tomorrow. Can I help you understand that? There are many people that say, I cannot be baptized today because what if I make the same mistake tomorrow? What if I continue to do the exact same thing that I've been doing continually? So they make a choice today not to give their life to the Lord because they're uh, dependent upon their own ability for their tomorrow. No wonder Jesus told us take no thought on tomorrow. No wonder he said that. No wonder he said the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Because I am a witness that when you decide today to give your life to the Lord, I promise you, he'll take care of your tomorrow. I, I, I'm telling you what I know based on my own experiences. There are many people in here right now that are saying, man, what about my next week? You wrote about things already tomorrow. You're already thinking about tomorrow. You're sitting here in church already thinking about your next week. When God is saying, if you can just your attention on the man of God that's bringing forth the word of God I'm trying to restore your heart I'm trying to restore your mind I'm trying to let you know that I am able I'm telling you he's able he's a restorer he can bring restoration he can make things better than their current estate listen what it says therefore if any man be in Christ he's a new creature Old things are passed away. Old things are passed away. Old things, I'm telling you, the way I used to be, look, act when I was in middle school and high school, I don't even allow those things to come back up. <laughs> my God. Yeah, uh-huh. So, so, so you're not going to scrounge through my social media page and find things of how I used to look, used to act, used to talk on my social media page because those things are passed away. I don't have pictures up in my home with my shirt off, you know, showing off all my... Okay. All my muscles that I used to have, I don't have them anymore. I, 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 I don't have those things anymore. Why? Because old things are passed be, because I, I don't want to remember that old person anymore and I don't need the enemy trying to tell me you know you need to go back to what you used to look like you need to go back to what you used to do no my friend my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think so now I don't think about those old ways anymore because now I've become a new creature in him I don't care about how I used to act in high school see some of my friends try to remind me of what I used to do in high school you know why? Because they're still stuck there. They're still stuck in the high school. They're still stuck in college. They're remembering the old times when I've got a greater future in front of me. I've got a brighter way in front of me because God got a hold of my heart one day and he's changed my life. He's rearranged my mind. He's made me a new creature. Hallelujah. Oh, Y'all sit down. I, I told you, I'm... Amen. I, 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 I want to talk to you because I need some people in here to understand that God can restore. He's able. 
Hallelujah. I thank the Lord how God is, is dealing with people uh, that once knew how good God was and now they stepped away from the goodness of God. You need to know that God is a restorer. I don't care how far you've gone, how deep you've gone, how low you think you are. God is a restorer. I'm telling I can testify to this. I've got people in my family that you don't know of, but I'm telling you, marriages were done, gone, over, divorce papers signed. Two different homes, two different ways, done. And I'm telling you, by the grace of God, years later, they have come back together. That's a restore. Now that's powerful. You don't hear about that kind of stuff. When something's over, it's done. It's over. I'm trying to give that in liken to your relationship with Jesus Christ. You have divorced God. He hasn't divorced you. You have divorced him. But I'm telling you that God is a restore. He is standing here with open arms saying, I'm waiting on you to come back and I'm ready to receive you. I'm able. I'm able. My God, my God. I, God says, I'm able. I can do it. Don't treat God like you treat your, some of your relationships, especially in the past. We have a hard time trusting in God that we cannot see when we have a hard time dealing with the people that we can see that we were supposed to trust. That's why we have a difficult time, especially if there's broken relationships and fringes and, and relationships with mom and dad. And, you know, mom and dad maybe not there or around or treating us one way or saying that they're going to show up and they never showed up. How can I trust in a God that I cannot see to show up? Don't put God on the same level that you do other relationships. Does that make sense, everybody? Don't, 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 don't treat God that way because God has never left you. He has never forsaken you. Those people forsaken you. People may have forsaken you, but God did not forsake you. I can look back over my life and, and see where God was with me the entire time when I thought he was not with me. I remember days when I used to blaspheme against God. I said, I blaspheme and say, God, where are you? You don't love me anymore. I can't stand this and stand that. I don't want to live for you anymore. I was a blasphemer, but I was a blasphemer in ignorance. I didn't realize that God was with me the entire time. And I'm so thankful that the Lord forgave me, even of my blasphemy. I'm so thankful that the Lord said, you may be gone, but I'm bringing you back and I'm telling somebody right now that he's able to bring you back hallelujah now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or even think can you give me 2 Corinthians what was that 517 again please therefore if any man be in Christ He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Verse number 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled. Everyone say reconciled. He's reconciled us to who? Himself. All things are of God. God Almighty. The one God. The one true God. There's only one God. That's God Almighty. There's only one Lord Jehovah. There's only one God. God Almighty. The Almighty God. All things are of him, the almighty God. That's who we serve. That's who we worship. 
We don't get caught up in culture that worships all type of false gods like Diana and Thor and all the mysteries and all the mystic stuff and all these things that they worship. That's why you got to be careful with even your Marvel movies and all the things that get caught up in that because all it is is just God and goddesses worship. You know, it, it, it looks fun. It looks entertaining to our eyes, but they're also feeding things into your spirit and feeding things into your home to where we worship the supernatural and that supernatural is not even real. But all things are of God. That's who we serve, the almighty God, who have reconciled us who to himself, back to himself, the almighty God. Well, how did God reconcile us? By Jesus Christ. How? Because God has no flesh and bone. He couldn't reconcile us back to him because he has no flesh and bone. The reconciliation needed a death sacrifice. He needed someone to come and die for our sins. God cannot die. He's a flesh. He has no flesh. He has no bone. So he had to make a body and he called that body the Christ. He called that body Messiah. We call him Jesus. And God got in that body. That's why the Bible says he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. How do you know, preacher, that God got inside the body? Go to verse number 19. The Bible says to wit that God was in Christ. God got in that body and said, I'm going to reconcile the world back to myself. I'm so thankful to the Lord that had the mind to pull me back. Why? Because he's able. Woo. I didn't go too fast, did I? He's able. If he wasn't able, he wouldn't have did this. God had a plan the entire time. Ooh, hallelujah. He had a plan the entire time. And guess what? He knew you was going to be here the entire time. My Lord, I, I feel like preaching, but something's getting a hold of me right here. He knew you was going to be here today. He knew you was going to be here. Eric, he knew where you was going to be. But he says, I'm not giving up on you, brother. You may be giving up on yourself, but I'm not giving up on you. That's why I'm going to come and die for your sins. I'm going to come and give you the opportunity for reconciliation. Because I love you so much, I'm going to pull you back to where you need to be. He knew where you was going to be. He knew you, Sister Robinson. He knew that one day. I would need a companion like you that's why he said I'm not giving up on you you may not have been brought up in this you may not have been brought up in church but God says I'm going to see where you are and put you where you need to be in the name of Jesus he knew where you was brother Dwayne he knew exactly where you was all the things that he's done for you and your wife just in a short amount of time God says I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or even think God has exceeded your expectations he knew exactly where you would be he knows your heart he knows your mind then I'm telling you that he is able stop doubting God God is speaking to somebody's heart right over here I'm telling somebody right now that if you just listen to that voice if you just be obedient to that voice and say Lord today is my day I'm not walking out this church the exact same way that I walked in here but I'm gonna leave here with greater authority greater power greater understanding greater anointing and with his spirit in my life somebody needs to make the decision today that I'm gonna give my life back to Jesus Christ I said give it back to him give it back to him because he's able to do it I said he's able to do it I'm telling you he can do it so don't give up on him he hasn't given up on you he can do it. 
you have to excuse me because I'm preaching this message like it's my last message. As if today was my last time to preach. I'm going to preach this thing because I need people to understand. Come on, come on back. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on back. Come on back. Come on back. You're surrounded by people that are in this church that have not been right their whole life, but God brought them on back. Hallelujah. I said we haven't been perfect. I'm telling you, if you're perfect, you can stay seated. But imperfect people, you can stand right about now. We haven't been perfect our whole life, but God has brought us back. We haven't done things right our whole life, but God has given me a second chance. Matter of fact, he's given me a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance. Every day I wake up, he's given me one more chance. Somebody needs to say, come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Give your life to Jesus. Make decision be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ be filled with his spirit <laughs> because he's able He's able. He can do it. He can do it. <laughs> Notice the scripture says, now unto him. Not now unto you. You want to know why things are spiraling? Because you. You want to know why things are steady going in the wrong direction? You. You wonder why you're still waking up frustrated? You. You're trying to be the one that is able. So stop today with you. And be now unto him. Oh, my God. You have to excuse me because when I preach, I reflect about my own life. <laughs> so when you see tears coming down my eyes, you just, you got to excuse me because I'm preaching to myself too. And, and, and I think about who I was and where I was and how I used to think. I told God, the preacher, the preacher told God, I remember I was 19 years old. I never forget, I was in college in my dorm room and I said, I would not live for the Lord because he doesn't care about me. I said that, my own mouth, 19 years old. It's done. Frustrated frustrated because I had the mentality now unto me not now unto him but I'm so thankful that when I was given up on him he wasn't given up on me hmm. 
when I was telling him no, he was still saying yes. When I had my arms folded in frustration, he still had his arms wide open in acceptance. So don't mind my tears. I'm just reminded of who I was. And I'm thankful that he didn't give up on me. And I'm telling someone right here, right now, no matter where you are in your walk with Jesus Christ, no matter where you are, I said no matter where you are, don't give up on him. Don't give up. I wish I had about a hundred people in here that would be honest with yourself right now and know that you're dealing with something that you need some help with. You know you do. You can't do it by yourself, but he can. Now unto him that is able. He's not just able though. He's able to exceed the abundance of everything that you ask or even think so I wonder right now can you lift your hands and let your imagination begin to run can you lift your hands and let your imagination begin to go come on let your imagination begin to go what are you thinking right now I said what are you thinking right now my wife testified about it we've got a daughter that needs a miracle I'm gonna believe God for her miracle come on somebody I know you need a miracle touch from God you ought not stay where you are but you ought to move from your seat that's why we come down to the front it's just a sign of surrendering it's a sign to say God I need you right now and I'm tired of dealing with things by myself but Lord I'm gonna turn it over to you come on church come on church lift your hands and while you have your hands raised lift your voice because he will exceed the abundance of everything that you ask or even think